the hard shoulder on News Talk with Nissan. Let's go the distance by keeping our distance. Nissan, innovation that excites. Well, hallelujah. Can I say that we are out of these Friday frenzies which we've had for the last 13 weeks where they decide to have all their nefed public health cabinet meetings and Leo on the on the steps on a Friday evening. Now they're back to proper cabinet meetings on a Monday and Tuesday and we can restore the final furlong. And it is a great pleasure to round off the week by having as my guest Harry McCann uh, joining us on Skype, founder of Trendster.ie and of course, our favourite uh, snowflake undergraduate to kick around. <laughs> Kira Kelly, presenter of Lunchtime Live, who has no limits because she's just talk and talk and talk, thankfully able to join us after her own show today. And Bill Hughes of Mind the Gap Films. Let's do a quick round the houses. Are you all in the headspace? Because, you know, I never really observed lockdown. That lockdown is over, Bill? I, what, what do you mean you never observed it? Well, yes, I, 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 I turned up to work every day. I oh, carried yeah, right. on, I just disregarded it. God, you're such a trooper. Um, yeah, no, we observed lockdown and are continuing to observe lockdown apart from our daily walk in the park. Uh, otherwise, we're here and we're healthy and happy and well-fed and well-watered and it's all good. But are, are you, you're not going out the weekend for a restaurant meal or anything? No, 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 no. But and you're, I've allowed no intention of- you're allowed to. You're allowed to. And just because you're allowed doesn't mean you have to do it, Ivan. There's so many things you're allowed to do what? that I don't what? necessarily like you're, want you're, you're to part, do. You're part of the worried well, uh, the nervous Nellies. I mean, uh, I, I, you know, I have difficulty with public health people, but I have huge problems with the likes of you. It's grand for you. Away you go. You're not going to take the piss out of me today, Ivan. <laughs> You're going to try. I, I have a beautiful picture of a high horse. And you know that the, <laughs> your high horse makes your ass look. <laughs> All right, Harry, is it over for you? Um, I suppose this weekend it's it's a bit coming back to normal. Uh, my friend's coming down for the weekend to Enniscorgie for a barbecue today and tomorrow. Great. Um, only a very small group, though. I, I'm still, I suppose, trying to, to be as good as possible. But I, that's the first time now I've seen anybody since, anybody outside, I suppose, a family for months now. So and, um, I suppose and, it is. And would you, would you, would you, would you go into Enniscorgie for a pint or not? Uh, you never know if there's a if there's a bar open that let us in. I, suppose, <laughs> I thought you were going to say if someone would pay for it, but anyway. Uh, then, <laughs> no, all right. No. So and and like, are you looking forward to going back to college? Oh yeah, hopefully now. I think it's going to be different than it ever was in September. I think okay. they're talking about fifty-fifty online in person, but I'm, I'm hoping to be back okay. to home as soon as possible. Well, in fairness, Kerry, you you are a trooper because you've had it and you've done the odd day since, uh, and so on. <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable, Yates. You don't sit. I was going to say, Kira, I was gonna say you sit there, but it's actually he's on his knees in front of me, which I quite like, in fact. But um, I, I feel delighted we're coming out of lockdown to be honest and and I don't know will it last I I, I know more than anyone else know how it will go and, and the or number will probably rise because it's a function. But are you feeling in your head leaving aside all the medical stuff I are you feel feeling better. in your own life no are you feeling in your own life yeah I can do what I like 
not quite can I do I can do what I like but I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do whatever I can do yes I am feeling that and I it was funny on Monday Ivan the day that they started to lift the restrictions I went to the hairdresser I got my hair done thank you for noticing and yeah. I uh, went out that night well it did need doing I didn't <laughs> like totally to say it true. I was like the Lion King um, and I went out for dinner that night and I, I, I sat at a table with my family we went out together and we had a gin and tonic to start right. and we had three courses and a glass this is of wine what I and, want to hear. and it was wonderful and it was funny it was the first time sitting there in that restaurant that I allowed myself to remember the start of lockdown which I think I had put to the back of my mind where for us at the time of lockdown we were actually sick with COVID we were in quarantine sure. we weren't feeling well we hadn't seen anyone there was no uh, food deliveries available we had to ask friends to give us milk and all of this and it was a bleak grim rotten time and I have to say we had a little toast and a little clinking of glasses around the table with my family to say thank Christ that's over yeah Exactly. And I, I, there is a mentality involved in all this, which I was trying to get beyond the regulations. All right, let's go to our first topic. I want to ask my final furlong panellists about accents, because the great British Bake Off judge, Prue Leith, has said this week she can't bear to hear her own voice. Uh, the chef had described it as being schoolmarmy and posh, which got us thinking here on the hard shoulder about accents. And then I was thinking, because I, I can't interact because we're on Skype and so on I was thinking maybe this is to do not just with accents but to do with proper grammar and education and that's to do with class Uh, would you judge someone Harry on their accent? No, I don't think so. Um, I, I suppose, you, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say you know somebody posh from somebody who isn't, but I suppose if you're in certain parts of Dublin, you hear somebody who's a little posher than you would, I suppose, uh, down my way. Um, and I think, look, I, I wouldn't judge somebody by their accent, not at all. I think it's the silliest thing to think. I like certain accents more than I like others. Um, I'm a big Gavin and Stacey fan, so I always liked, you know, the Welsh yes. accent I've always thought was was quite humorous but um, no I can't say I judge anybody more but uh, I mean a bogger a bogger with a bogger accent is a bogger I mean let's face it ah no I don't think, but like a bogger is a bogger I don't think that means that they're any more or less ah they're culture you know? they're thick all that kind of stereotype does that not I mean like Bill what, what's your take on accents I judge people by their accents do you well it's no wonder Prudy can't bear to hear her own voice because I can't either to hear her own voice, because I think she's an awful old bore and she shouldn't be on that programme. But anyway, that's another story. Um, Accents don't bother me at all. In fact, I quite love them. And I'm I have it's very, very bad for people who don't know me. They might think I'm being patronising, but I do love to slip into a Dublin accent every now and again. And I just I do it just for crack and for effect because I have a great affection for the Dublin accent. I do like it. Give us a go. Um, like, like there, there's dialects within Dublin insofar as you have Northside, yeah. which we won't go too far into. Then there's D4 and all that kind of thing. Like yeah. w- w- when you do a Dub one, what do you do? Liberties? Uh, yeah, storyboard. <laughs> <laughs> so not, I don't go too far with it and I'm not going to do it now because I'll get into trouble. But no, I I just love the Dublin accent. I have an affection for it. I love um I love Kerry, uh the way they sing every oh. second note. I uh and Cork up and down like the hills of Cork City oh. itself. Do you know it's it's funny, but my own uh town, Atai, the accent is as flat as a pancake. And it's people who, hey, would you stick me over a dinner in the oven and hey it up and then I might eat. You know, it's that kind of thing. And you're saying to yourself, 
for Jesus sake, could you not just make the effort to say those words properly? <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's just me. But sure, nothing know? ever good ever came out of a thigh to sustain my point. Kira, <laughs> how would you describe your accent? Well, before I get into my accent, I would like to take exception to what Bill Hughes said about awful old bores not being allowed to be in the media because Ivan, that, I take that as an insult on your Do you? part. Do you? No, no, and, no, and, no, and, no. And I don't think he should have said it on the hard shoulder of, of all shows, Bill, to have said that as a disgrace. No, true. Well, no. I was actually... I was going to say when he said he didn't want to get into trouble we were going to disconnect his Skype line because the whole point of the final furlong is to get the panellists into trouble. Uh, you were saying, Kira. Well, I obviously have a Greystones accent which is uh, very posh. In, in, it indeed. aspires to be Aylesbury Road but it's not. <laughs> it certainly isn't. It most certainly isn't. Um, I, do, I, I, I think... We make judgments on people all the time. We make judgments on people by what they look like, what they sound like, what they say. It is it is in human nature to to make snap decisions about other people. But I think we miss out probably on aspects of people by judging them too much on their accents because people from all walks of life have have different accents. And uh, but how would you describe your accent? I don't know. Um, is it a bit posh? No, not that posh. Right. It's right. you know. You see, you could be in denial about. I that. try and I do try and tone down the posh <laughs> a little <laughs> to make nothing myself like, more accessible. Yeah, nothing like the common people, I say. Well, <laughs> what about the, what about the sexy? What you... about the sexy culture accent that we've just heard in normal people? That gorgeous sexiness of. I don't think it was the accent that was sexy there, Bill. <laughs> now, to be fair. Well, hold on. Well, the bear chain or the bear arse, yeah. No, that <laughs> filthy debauchery of nudity ah, are you referring Ivan, to? Ivan, I thought the Protestants loved that sort of thing. Well, I let on to <laughs> find it most disapproving. Welcome back to the final part of the final furlong, where with you right through to seven o'clock in the company of the founder of Trendster.ie, talking to us from our beloved Enniscorthy region, although he is out in the sticks, Harry McCann, Dr. Kira Kelly, who's off for a couple of weeks in the sun, I think. Oh, yeah, the sun. Well, again, (laughs) uh, presenter of Lunchtime Live uh, and has had a busy week. And Bill Hughes of Mind the Gap Films. Thank you all. Now, let's go to, to something that's right up your street. Uh, uh, Bill, which is uh, top 20 lockdown movies. So we all found that, particularly at the weekends, that we binged watch. Uh, So I watched four seasons of Game of Thrones. I watched the last season of Peaky Blinders. I really enjoyed something you've never heard of from Lark Rise to Candleford, a BBC period drama which had about five seasons on it. Deirdre watched Ozark and I also watched any films. So, so basically a survey this week has shown Dirty Dancing, Die Hard and The Wizard of Oz are the most rewatched movies. Uh, what does it for you, Bill? Um, I would have to say, and you're going to laugh and you're going to say, oh, they're all black and white. But Casablanca, mm. oh. All About Eve. Oh. Um, and then in colour, E.T., Galaxy Quest and The Man Who Would Be King. They're all blockbusters. And I would think The Man Who Would Be King would be right up your street, Ivan. Sean Connery, Michael Caine, Christopher Plummer. It's a really wonderful film. Is that a kind of Bond yoke or what? Is no, it? no, no. It's, it's a Rudyard Kipling uh, story and it's set in the Raj and the grand old days and this man who decides, and it's Sean Connery, who would be king of uh, some tribal uh, mountainous people uh, because they don't know any better and it all goes horribly wrong, but it's worth seeing. It's just a marvellous film. Is there lots of fighting in it? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and pomp and circumstance and treachery and friend letting friend down and lies and cheating. All, and did, did, got it all. On your list, did you pick any rom-com? Um, I would always have Young Frankenstein in there. I would always have Tootsie and Some Like It Hot, Ghost. I love Ghost. Right. I think that's just one of the best. And The Odd Musical, Chicago, Moulin Rouge. You know, just, I'm very, I, I like just being entertained and being transported out of myself. All right. And uh, did you so, did you binge watch? Oh, I did. I did. I binged watch Grace and Frankie on uh, on Netflix, the the. Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, Martin Sheen, Sam Waterston is absolutely brilliant. Uh, Grace and Frankie currently coming to the end of binge watching Schitt's Creek, which I had failed to get into when it first came out. But I think it's fantastic. It's so deadpan and funny. And the the cast are superb, the, particularly the, the father and son. Uh, the two Le- Le- Levi's or Levies, what what their name is, but they wrote it and created it, okay. and it's, it's just very very funny. Shit's Creek, S C H I T T S. Yeah, Schitt's I was just going to ask Harry, did Shit's yeah. Creek do it for you? I actually, I have seen Shit's Creek. It was quite good. Um, I I quite enjoyed it. Now, I actually, I, Bill's going to be really annoyed here, but I've I've only seen E T out of all the movies that Bill named. Um, believe really? it or not. And I'm not annoyed. I'm delighted for you because that that means you have fabulous treats in store. You can um, you you will binge any of those films and love them. Yeah, so. and and we did. We we got into it here at home. Now we we bought a projector online and we, we oh, projected nice. it onto the side of the house. Um, and we we did that a few nights. So we we watched Pretty Woman. We watched Grease. Um, we watched a few a few great films. And I think I suppose Netflix was was brought to the. The bare end. I think I watched uh, more seasons than I I care to count. But uh, yeah, I think I definitely got into it anyway. Yeah, it was a great opportunity to catch up on things that you missed, like Game of Thrones. For years, people were on about it, and like mm. my, my difficulty is, I never commit to a series. I'll watch any movie on a Friday night, Saturday night. I'm at home on the sofa, bottle of wine, but I like I just don't want to commit to to a series because I mightn't complete it. But it, it did give the opportunity. Now, Kira, what did you binge watch? You know, I did, and I'm not a big TV watcher. I'm actually not. But uh, I think it started because uh, of being sick and in bed and having nothing to do in the beginning. So I watched things like I watched loads of old mafia movies, gangster movies. I watched all the Godfathers and Goodfellows and all that kind of genre of movies. Brilliant. Yeah, Brilliant. I, I watched Casablanca, Bill, and, and mm. I was once more... Uh, you know, transported away. I lo- It's one of my favourite all-time movies, so I did go back to some of the old ones. I watched a lot of the old Coen Brothers movies, like The Big Lebowski and Fargo and all of those. Oh, yeah. I, wa- I went back and trolled some of the Tarantino movies. True Romance is about as close as I came to a rom-com. I um, can see from being in the bed and remote working with Gangster and Mafia, you really missed your <laughs> colleagues here in News I Talk. <laughs> I did. It was brought it all back to me. But I watched some good new movies too. I watched Knives Out uh, and, uh, you know, so I, I, I quite got into it and I would have binged watched Modern Family on Netflix, which is just brilliant, the perfect comedy in my view of just I, every single character in that. And was is there any kind perfect. of memorable hidden gem, Kira, of a movie that you you kind of just weren't aware of that you that you found you'd recommend to friends? No, I mean uh, Casablanca stood out. I also watched Raiders of the Lost Ark, which, which, oh. which, which when I came back to it, I kind of went, "Why have I been away from you so long?" You know, Evan, it was Evan, it, it's Evan. so good. Um, but I, 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 I stayed kind of sort of relatively safe. I didn't go. I'm a bit like you, Ivan. I, I'm not that 
adventurous that I don't want to waste my time watching something that yeah. turns out to be turgid. So yeah. I kind of did go back through older movies that maybe I'd seen before, but not for a few years. And I've also gone through a phase in the last couple of years maybe of trying to reintroduce my kids yeah. to movies that they hadn't seen from the past that were great movies so I'm thinking of actually bringing them to the Shawshank Redemption this yeah. weekend in the cinema Oh, because is it back it's is, back. It, is there a the new Stella. incarnation of no, it well it's the 25th anniversary so maybe it's been cleaned up from a digital hmm. perspective but it's the same movie and things like that I've been sort of trying to introduce my kids to movies that they wouldn't see or that aren't yeah. out now but, uh, and that's to get ageless. away from Marvel yeah. and DC which is all they really seem to have in the yeah, cinema you see days. for me the, the big problem was that I would normally watch live sport and when the racing was off the rugby and the soccer were all off I had no interest in watching replays no interest whatsoever and and therefore you know it, it opened up and I think a lot of people who were you know into that thing it did it open up okay let's move on to our next topic which is that uh, the chain Deliveroo has revealed uh, what they did a survey what is the most popular morning after no, it's a meal. It's a meal, Ivan. Okay, morning after meal uh, for anyone waking up with a sore head. The top three being a burrito bowl, whatever that is, a cheeseburger and a spice bag. This must have been just Dubliners. I have, of course, never had a spice bag. Well, I've, I don't know if I've I had a I think spice bowl. boxes and spice bags are very popular in the country too, Ivan. Are they? To, be, to be honest, I, I really do think, apart from maybe the Yates domain up in your stately manor, <laughs> well, I think the rest of the country are eating spice bags quite a bit. Right. They are chips mixed in with a bit of... Chips mixed in with a bit of kind of batteredy uh, chicken with maybe some onions and maybe some peppers or All chilies. in the one brown bag. But they have it? a spice through them that's kind of... Sh- Sugary and salty at the same time. But does it burn the back of your mouth? No. Does it leave a Does it leave an afterburn? It leaves a desire for more. Okay. So, what's your favourite, Kira? I'm a big fan of Indians. Um, I would eat Indian food to beat the band. The hotter, the better. So, I would often, if I was being self indulgent and going for the takeaway, I would go for your uh, Kadai's, your Rogan Josh's, your Vindaloo's, all that end of things. Make it There's spicy. only two two Indian things I can eat: the onion badgie and the chicken masala. Everything else well, the is too hot. The chicken masala is lovely. I but love it's not the chicken, hot. No, it's yeah. not hot. But I I do like the hot ones. But that'd be my that'd be my food tipple now. The, the Indian. Okay, there's not a pick on you, Harry. What do you eat? Uh, well, no, you see, I I do have the pleasure of going out every so often when I'm in college. You know, to to take a break from studying and uh, when I do I tend to come back the next morning and get a chicken roll to be honest I'm, I'm a classic hangover um, I go get a chicken roll a big lucasade and maybe some sausage rolls and, and then lie in bed regretting the night before um, is usually what I do um, a Chinese is always nice I like good spice bag um, there's plenty to be gotten around Wexford as well Ivan I think you could pop into the local uh, Chinese and pick yourself up one it's only a fiver as well well can, can I say this because I need to be educating this every day that I've been in during lockdown there's been about 10 uh, cyclists outside this uh, I don't know how to pronounce it X-I-A-N street food place how do, is that Chan like it's Chan 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 you put me right Bill is this Chinese what is it is it like it looks Chinese is it yeah. So, so what, 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 what's the latest vogue, Bill? Well, Chinese is up there. But one thing, when you said, are you going to restaurants, are you going to restaurants? I will go to restaurants to collect 
<laughs> I'll have phoned my order. I'll pull up in the car outside. I hope you're wearing place. gloves now, please. I've been able to do that with Monty's of Kathmandu down on Eustace Street and their lamb ledobedo and their butter chicken. Oh, my God. I'm with Kira on this. Uh, beautiful, rich Indian Nepalese yeah, flavors. Love it, love it, love it. And a really good pilau rice. Uh, that, that, that just gets me going. And especially if you can get a good naan. The thing is, naans don't always reheat properly and they're not, not very good for takeaway. He's a very posh, very posh around there. We're just old, Harry. It's all it is. We're just old. Come on, you need to just get a dirty spice bag. I do get a dirty spice bag the odd time, I have to confess. Just just relax. But I feel guilty afterwards and dirty. I'm just picturing (laughs) Phil or Bill reheating his naan bread and I'm going, there's too much thought going into this. You know, it needs to just be really dirty. But but, but is there there not an issue that one of the new normals is? Because now, like I have, you know, proper... Uh, 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 posh restaurants in Dunleary and so de- we now get these takeouts well the amount of little plastic you know a cherry sauce for this and a gravy for that it has revolutionised and for about 50 euro for two people you can get the most del- top quality steaks in this yeah. kind of- my point Bill is this that there is a new normal that a lot of people are going to say from the point of view of value eating at home, eating a wine at an affordable price because you've bought it in the off-licence or the grocery store rather than paying an extra €20 Euro from the restaurant. Like, they're going to do themselves out of business with the deliveries. Or else if you've had O'Brien's deliver <laughs> the wine but uh, and Tesco too. Yeah, no, I, I, I know, but there is something special. I mean, I can't wait to go back to a restaurant, but I'm going to go back when I feel it's safe to do so and when I feel the other patrons will have copped on and know how to behave. I'm not worried about my own behaviour. I'm worried about all the other gobshites who are going to be leaning over you and, ah, oh, geez, great to see you and how are you and leaning into your face. Like, well, I draw oh, the line away. at hawking, but other than that, I'm quite sociable. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a restaurant on, on Monday and you'll be glad to know, Bill, there was no gobshites. Everybody oh, was, there was, they took out some of the tables so it was slightly less full than normal. It wasn't mm. half empty, but it was it was noticeably less full and everyone mm. behaved impeccably and it was an absolute pleasure to be there, oh, to good. be honest. Yeah. Well, see, I'm for, glad to hear it. That eases me. That yeah, eases no, it was. It was nice, really no, no, nice. And, and in fact... The restaurant, actually, you know, because they've got to do tracing and so on and follow up. I, I think the restaurants are not interested in people coming to the restaurant to pick up uh, illness. I mean, I, I, and of course, and I, I, I went to the local one of my local restaurants. It's a hundred yards from my house, and I walked in, and the funniest thing was, uh, Julian, who owns the Hungry Monkey, was like, he he knows what I order. He goes gin and tonic, two slimline tonics. And I was like, thank you very much. It's like I'd never left. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and I do think there is something... And after the second one, here's the bottle. <laughs> I do think well, there is something about um, uh, supporting local businesses as well and going yes. back into these places yeah. because they've been closed for months and we don't want them gone. We don't want to come out the other side of all this and all the places we loved visiting with our friends and our family have disappeared. So I was glad to go back. Well, you see, I, I have an absolute peculiarity because of my back. I have to get a banquet seat and lie on my elbow. I, I can't sit in a conventional seat in a restaurant so therefore I can't go to the theatre and going to the restaurant usually involves me being in a lot of pain for which I have to take copious amounts of medicine uh, which is in the form of alcohol. I've seen you in restaurants uh, <laughs> um, and if anyone who hasn't seen Ivan in a restaurant have you seen that scene in Titanic where uh, Kate Winslet goes paint me like those French girls? Yeah, that, that's <laughs> Ivan in a restaurant. I thought you meant sinking, <laughs> sinking without head. trace after three <laughs> bottles of wine. <laughs> the Titanic ref. Alright, let's move to our next topic which is that we had Colette Brown on the 
programme yesterday and people are looking at the totality of the government. Extra, five extra junior ministers. So you have 15 members of cabinet and you have 20 junior ministers. Some of them are super juniors and some of them are ministers for uh, rashers and hot dogs and primroses and irrelevant jobs. But the issue uh, of concern here is not just geography, which people are going mad about regions not having someone at that cabinet table. Um, the issue of only seven females were appointed out of total 35 positions. And and my my thinking of this, I, mean, I had a bit of a row with Colette, uh, was that, that, that insofar as I said, of course NASA Hurricane wasn't appointed because you want people all moving in the same direction, not looking for arguments. Um, and therefore, you need people who are supportive of the government. Uh, she didn't get that point. But the, the, issue, the issue of appointing women for gender's sake, maybe over uh, ability, uh, the problem being that there's not enough women TDs in reality. Kira, what's your take on it? Um, I think it's really interesting how you uh, framed that, the idea of pointing women for gender's sake. The fact that we have less women across the board in in government and and in the cabinet, um, when you boil it down, it basically means that we think women aren't as good as these jobs as men. That's That's what we're saying. And that's simply not the case. You only have to look at New Zealand to go... There is an incredible female politician and and she's not alone. Throughout this pandemic, we have seen female leaders do incredibly well. Uh, I I had a slight wry, not that I wanted to to diss in any way the people of the Northwest, a slight wry smile when they were outraged that they didn't have somebody, even though they had Dara uh, Kaleri there at the table, because it was like, welcome to my world. As, As a woman... We have zero, even though we are fifty one percent of the population, we are we are always lumped in with minorities uh, as if we forget we are actually the majority, and yet we are grossly underrepresented. And I think a few things. I think it is it is disheartening as a woman and as a mother of daughter uh, to see that we are still having these persistent debates about whether or not women have almost. Uh, a, a use or a right to a seat at, at government or at, at cabinet or at powerful levels. I think that's a nonsense. So but could you name me five women that should have been appointed? No, I couldn't because actually there's very, very few women in the That's doll. the problem. And, 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 and so I accept that end of this because I'm not a complete fantasist. But I and think whose we, fault is that? Well, it's, it's the it's voters' fault. Not entirely because it's, that's quite simplistic. Well, no, 30% of it's candidates were women. It's simplistic because the way the government is structured and the way our government functions is so anti-family and because so much of that stuff still falls in terms of child rearing to women it is actually a barrier That's to a entry. That's a fair point. And I think that but, but I think you mentioned the getting in on the sake of gender. Men have gotten in on the sake of gen, for the sake of their gender forever. We used to have male quotas. 100% of jobs went to men and I think it is an I'm getting excited. It, it's an absolute nonsense to kind of go now that if we were to give 30% or 50% right. to women that that would be a problem. We let the men have a say. Harry what do you think? Yeah, I agree with Kira. I, I don't think it's it's acceptable. I think that look, there's still this illusion that the best person for a job is a man, and I don't really understand that. It. it doesn't it doesn't make any and sense. Could you to me. name five women that should have been appointed? No, but it comes back to a bigger problem. So it's not just five women who are elected. It comes back to women feeling that they can go for election and then get elected and appointed these positions. There's a big bigger problem here. Is that there's firstly we've made it a, this man's club and not only just a man's club we made it a white middle-aged men's club like if you look at that cabinet a lot of them aren't just men they're middle-aged and they're white male <laughs> pale and be, stale yeah like, uh, exactly. badge of honor and, yeah go and, on yeah 
It really is. And like, if you look at the list of Taoiseachs, you know, like I'm very happy Michal Martin got elected and I'm delighted for him. But if you look at all the people who preceded him, all middle-aged white men, you know, Leo Varadkar may have been a tiny bit younger, but he wasn't that much younger. So I think there's a okay. huge problem here in generally in, in inclusion and diversity in right. politics. Uh, uh, Bill, think- Bill, we're tight enough on time. Give us your take. Yeah. Well, my take is, is like, if you look back at the uh, result of the election back in February, the number of women who topped the poll in their own constituencies, the only problem was they were in a party or parties that were never going to go into government, or if they were going to go into government, very it was point. going to be. And, and I just looked at, and I went, women can go for election. Women do get elected. They get elected on the first count. And you look now and we have a minister for for health who was elected on the 15th count. But you've got so many women in the doll who were elected on the first count and they're getting nothing because they're in a party that nobody wants to talk to. So I find that hilarious and sad and tragic. And I look at the city of Cork and all of the breakdown of the city of Cork and it's all men. It's all men. Can I say one last thing? Can can I just say though, though, there was women on the ticket Lorna Bogue was the Greens were there in Cork South Central which has the three uh, office holders and so on I mean like at some point you've got to talk to the voters can I, can I just say one thing about the idea of gender quotas what we know about gender quotas because there are so many more barriers to women to getting ahead in any walk of life that the women who tend to rise to the top tend to be highly skilled when we have a gender quota what actually happens is very very skilled women displace mediocre men men at the bottom of the pile are displaced by women at the top of the pile and that's not just Kira Kelly making up a statistic that as I sometimes do that is actually what the studies would show so in fact gender quotas raise the game of everyone involved All right can I just say it, 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 it's the case that in the next general election if everything goes according to plan from 2023 and the next election is planned to be 2025 40% of people on the electoral slate will be women so maybe it will be improved that is our lot on the final furlong my sincere thanks to Harry McCann, founder of Trendster.ie, here in studio in Diggs Lane with me, Dr. Kira Kelly, presenter of Lunchtime Live, and uh, from his luxurious uh, pad, uh, <laughs> close to the best eateries in D uh, 2 and 4, uh, Bill Hughes of Mind the Gap Films. Thank you one and all. I enjoyed your company and I enjoyed the return of the final furlong. 